All right, fresh off the heels of Leah Knauer's episode, and then I didn't think I could top it off, but when Mandy and Andy came on, that was the real deal there. I mean, the hottest comedy duo since the Smothers Brothers, Willie Tyler and Lester, Tom Dreesen and Tim Reed, Crockett and Tubbs. So I had to follow up that episode with a heavy hitter in the L.A. comedy scene. This guy's no joke. When Whitney Lee Rice left left me at the haters table, I had to replace her. And I, you know, you just don't get to sit at the haters table. It's not like, oh, there's an empty chair. I'm going to fill it with anyone. This man is one of the elite roasters in the L.A. comedy community. And he's a great comic. So you will know after this episode why he's sitting at the table on a weekly basis when he's not roasting and kicking ass. Put your grubby little sausage fingers together for my good friend and comic, Omid Singh. I totally thought you were going to get my name wrong after that intro. Well, I, for a while, <laughs> was calling you uh, Omid. Yeah, but everybody calls me Omid. And you never corrected me, so because you're such a nice guy. It's true. It's true. It's, there's just no point. And then once you realize, like, oh, we're going to be hanging out a bunch, it's worth getting the right name in there. And then one night you, you told me at the comedy store and I felt like the biggest dipshit ever. <laughs> I've been calling Omid. Everyone calls me Omid, though. Literally, Omid sign is really what I get more than anything else. And R- Up until recently, I think. Well, I get the same thing with my last name. It's uh, Skakel? Sk- Skakel, to me, it's pretty like simple name to say. But when I used to open up for Rob Schneider and they used the... Uh, the local openers because everyone's too cheap to pay for like you know someone who's like you know can open uh i would get ernie skunkle wow. eric styles skankler uh so it's uh how long have you been opening for schneider longer than you'd think really? uh and i mean i've opened everywhere uh no about four years <laughs> And he's awesome, dude. And uh, I know you've opened for like, uh, was it Maz Jabroni? Yeah, yeah. Just this year for the first time, like got to do Orlando with him, which is a lot of fun. And uh, tell the people out there, for people like me and Omid, and Omid's a lot younger than I am, but... uh, Not a lot. Well, probably a lot. Yeah, I mean... We know. might turn this into a roast battle, like a pre... <laughs> no, I'm just... I'm, I'd be afraid to go up against you, but... Me too. Because you're a killer, dude. Like you have it's, to be in it. You have to be in that room. Yeah, I mean, like, y- even if you're going up against friends, you know, uh, you have to, like, I mean, last week, you know, Olivia did a uh, a dead, retarded brother joke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's no holes barred. And Leah was great, too. Leah was... Oh, she's... I'd be afraid to go up she against She was great. Her. I think both of them had, like, one of the best battles. Probably the best battle we've seen. As far as, like, most exciting... And just having the crowd explode from second one from the first joke. That I was mean, a that great thing to watch. I mean, it, it's that might have been the best battle I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and there have been some great ones. You've yeah. been a part of some great ones. Mike Lawrence is a part of a great one, too. Yeah. he Mike's tough to, because uh, you'd think, that, you know, he kind of looks uh, like he's not all there. And then right. he's even more there. Yeah. He's like a smart caveman. He's a smart caveman. And he doesn't use rocks. He's already figured something else out besides rocks. Yeah, he uses verbal rocks. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Well, let's get, uh, like, you and I are at the, probably the same level fame-wise, I guess, for lack <laughs> of a better word. Well, I mean, we're... in Benchwarmers. I was in Argo, though, for half a second. But that's... I was in Benchwarmers for maybe a half a second longer than a half a second. <laughs> I mean, we're at the same level, I guess you'd say, okay. from the standpoint that's of... That's your... Okay. Notoriety. Okay. Uh, both funny dudes, both hanging out. Everyone loves us. Yeah, totally. Uh, so what was it like? Like when I play a show on my own, it, I'm not exactly a draw to be completely honest with you. Yeah. What was it like that first time you did a, a show with Maz and he, he sells out everywhere. Yeah, it was great. It was his first time going to Orlando at the improv. And so he was hesitant about the weekend and it was a great weekend. We were, did like five shows and. Getting a feature for him was awesome. And he's a, like Schneider. He's a great dude. Totally a great dude. Like the best part is after you leave the show and then you go and uh, you do whatever he wants to do. You know, you, you kind of like tag along with the headliner because as a guy who's not headlining, you kind of learn from them. What do they do to stay sane and all that kind right. of stuff? So whatever it was, whether like most of the nights it was like 
going to the hotel bar and just like sitting down, having a glass of wine, talking to the bartender and like maybe watching a sports center highlight. So it's cool to get that aspect like, oh, it's just the normal stuff that has to happen after the show to live that road life and everything. Like Rob would go out to eat. He loves to eat. Sure. I would do that. Yeah. And it's great eating with Deuce Bigelow. Like, yeah. Because you, like we were at some place in Chicago. I think that the pizza, the deep, the place that's really famous for their deep sure, dish pizza. Sure. And it's like hundreds of people waiting in line. Yeah. I go up to the front and the guy looks at me and goes, it's a two hour wait, buddy, and another hour to get your food. And then Rob poked his head out from behind me and literally within 10 minutes we were eating. That's awesome. So it's stuff like that. That's the little things. That's all, yeah, that's what you want. You know, it's like, that's why I want to make it. Yeah, get that front of the line pizza. Last night at Har- we went to Harvard and Stone for a friend's birthday party and uh, she had rented out like the upstairs floor and then uh, we go up to the, me and my buddy Robbie, we go up to the bouncer and we're like, hey, we're here for a birthday party. And they're like, yeah, that 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 list is closed. We're going to you're going to have to go wait in line. So I go, we wait in line and then they come out and like Tara comes out. The girl whose birthday was comes out with this with a friend. And then they're like, oh, right, let's try to get you in. And it worked out. Waiting in line sucks is what I was trying to say. Oh, it's waiting a very in long winded story. Like, well, no, it's not, though. It, it, it's. uh in Chicago again, uh, was a, Rob knew I was a hockey fan. He's like, do you want to go to the Blackhawk game today? I'm like, dude, it's the playoffs. We're not getting in. Even you, or I didn't say this to him, <laughs> but I'm like, even you, I mean, Chicago's a huge hockey town. Yeah. He's like, fuck it, let's just go to the box office. Like, So we go, very much the same reaction. Guy at the pizza place, guy looks at me and goes, ah, we're sold out. And he's shutting the window. Rob pokes his head out from behind. Literally within five minutes... We're in the arena, basically what would be 50-yard line seats for hockey, and they're making us jerseys with our name on no it. No way. Yeah. It was just, they're making you jerseys yeah. with your name on it? What's your name, sir? Uh, Skakel? Uh, how do you spell that? Uh, S-K-A-K-E-L. What's your favorite number? Uh, 87. And 10 minutes later, I have a, a fully authentic Blackhawk. What? It's crazy. You took that away from like a veteran or something like that. That was probably going to get hey, it. Welcome to Hollywood, <laughs> baby. It's a tough business. It is a tough business. It's incredibly tough. Kind of like the military. Well, I'm not. Have you been in the military? No. Uh, that was well, a joke. Well, you might not be. Maybe you were uh, ISIS and you came over. Oh, yeah. That military. That's a different military, though. We don't take that seriously. That's more of a passion. Probably. What is your background? Uh, of my computer or of my... Hey-o! That's my favorite joke. See, that's why I can never roast you. You're too quick. That's my favorite joke. No, that's that's planned out. That's my that's my favorite thing to say to a girl. But what... It, what, what I mean, I, I look at you before you say it. I say Middle Eastern. Yes. I guess the name would be... A- Middle Eastern by accident because I'm not actually Middle Eastern, but I lived in Dubai. So that's Middle East. And then my mom is from Iran and my dad is from India, which is not the Middle East. Iran is its own thing. India is its own thing. But I've lived in Dubai, which is in the Middle East, so I consider myself a little Middle Eastern. And what got you into comedy? Being fat and wanting to talk to girls was one of them. Uh, My sister being an improviser, she's older than me, and she was just a really good improviser and had a bunch of good friends around her. This was when she was in high school, when she was like a junior, and I was a eighth grader, and I would go to the high school and watch them perform. That got me really into comedy and Robin Williams live on Broadway. That special really got me into comedy. So you saw that and you're like, like, you know, when I see interviews with like Kiss and they say, we saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Yeah. That's when I knew. Yeah. Robin Williams live on Broadway was for sure the big one. And there was some other stuff that really helped. I went to like a, a comedy class that Daniel Tosh taught at the Irvine Improv. Really? Yeah. He did like a one day thing way back in the day and it wasn't even just daniel tosh it was like a bunch of like managers and and people who like worked at the improv and then their special guest was tosh and he talked for like 15 minutes and then we all got tickets to go see him that night at the improv and i was like 17 something like that probably still in high school and that was a big moment like going to the comedy club and like sitting down getting a coke and what was his advice do you remember like no i don't really remember it to be honest it was very it was very calm and like probably a lot of like just keep doing it type of stuff. It wasn't very like serious. The best advice I got was from the guy sitting next to me 
who was this old guy and i was like hey we just chatted up and he was like oh you got to go to chucklemonkey.com and so he told me like the website for open mic lists so that was even more helpful than all the advice that i heard that advice got me into like my first show and doing like uh uncle clyde's comedy contest at um flappers oh yeah flappers at uh, the ice house yeah, yeah, you w- certainly wouldn't want to do a comedy contest at Flappers. I mean, it's happening right now. I, mean, I know. They, uh, it's like the first, uh, what do they do? This is the Eagle Rock Comedy Contest? And I don't know. <laughs> like some crazy, no, it was, uh, it, I think Flappers did like the first Bringer Festival. Yeah, I bet. That's what it was labeled as. I'm not really welcome there, but. Is that true? I don't know why. It's like, I don't know, I think I sent out a few tweets about some of their comedy classes yeah got back to four hundred dollars well i mean like you took a class from daniel tosh i would take a class from yeah. him. that's the guy who even back then wasn't even a class it was just like come listen to tosh talk about the business for 15 minutes but i would like it was great that's what always bothers me about like people who teach comedy classes it's like who are you yeah and it's kind of a Solo journey with help, but I guess uh, I guess classes could help if you wanted classes. I took improv classes. Improv classes, I mean, helped a lot for improv. Where did you take them? Comedy sports in high school. Okay. I was part of the high school league in Irvine, and so I did that for four years, and then I did the college team for less than like a semester of college. I was a community college commuter, and I just wasn't into it anymore, and then you, I moved to New York. Do you like doing... Uh like con- I did the groundlings for a bit and got kicked out. <laughs> for what? I mean, the teacher was insane. Really? It's like, don't get mad at me because you haven't made it. I'm not in casting. Yeah. He was just a bitter dude. Yeah, and you're gonna come across that right in anything. Well, yeah, but you know when you're charging, you know, at the time like 500 bucks. Yeah. Like he kind of lied to me. Said, you know, just improve on your space work and you'll get to the next level, and then. Uh, at the end of the class, uh, the 12th session, he's like, you know, you're not good enough to do this, right? Whoa. He's like, well, six uh, seasons ago, you told me I was the funniest guy in the room. Just work on my space work. He's like, you can take the class again. I'm like, "Uh, no, I can't, Sean Hogan. (laughs) And this was like over a decade ago. I remember that motherfucker's name forever. Man, I liked my improv teacher's names, and I don't even remember who they are. I mean, I liked my improv teachers. I don't remember their names. Well, I hold grudges. Do you really? Oh, absolutely. I can't. I I know. I'm trying. Not yet. Only with like, no, I guess I just can't. I don't know why. I'm trying not to, but it's so hard. Yeah. That's why I didn't want to do a real roast battle forever. Because it's like if someone got me good, I'd be like, well, fuck you, man. Well, what do you consider getting you good? What do you, what do you think that means? Like making you laugh really hard or making you sad really hard? Well, I mean, like if I uh, any serious roast battle I will ever do will be against someone like you or Olivia, who I respect and uh, who, who I think is funny. And like that's roasting to yeah. me. Like, Especially in this competitive atmosphere that we've kind of. Oh, we've definitely created a law of the jungle. <laughs> but like, I can't. But it have needed s- to be done. I think it needed to be done. There, I think, I think Josh's like addition to it was huge of like adding the report and everything like that. Yeah, no, I think it makes it completely exciting. It makes it something that you can you can really follow. No, and, I know people like call him and say, "Hey, my rate, my record's really this," and like people are like into like yeah, what their records are. You're or, proud of it, you know. even though as as small or as big as it might be, you know. It's still really fun. Oh yeah, it's but I mean like to me roasting is when you love someone and I agree. You care enough about them to like take the time to I agree. You know like you and Keith uh you That know. was fun because we've known each other. Yeah. It's hard battling somebody you don't know at all. Unless it's maybe sometimes if you don't like the person it can be fun too as long as you're both funny. I'm not saying a little bit of hatred isn't bad, but like I'm sure some of like the bigger people who've done like roast specials don't always like the right. person that they're roasting, but they respect that person. Respect is also rather important. Yeah, like I had some young OC comic challenge me after he heard I was doing Olivia. I'm like, I don't even know you, dude. Yeah. You're not going to shit on me. Yeah, exactly. Like, Olivia can shit on me. You can shit on me. And, and I'm sure oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure she will. Eventually. <laughs> you know, we'll just get to that when we get to it. But uh, <laughs> That's the rematch. 
Well, I mean, I'm scared. She's she's an animal. You should be. Yeah, no, she is an animal. She's the real deal. Yeah, and she's coming for you. Oh, I know. It's not gonna be. OC like... doesn't joke, man. OC makes some good roast battlers. We love to roast battle for some strange reason. Well, you guys are like, you know, I know, like, everyone's gonna help. Every, you know, people are giving me jokes about her. I, I know people are giving <laughs> her jokes, about her. but would you say the key to roast battle is? Like knowing what your weak spots are and preparing for them. No, not in the slightest. Oh, not really? Even, no, not even, not even close. You're just, I think it's always dodging attention from yourself and just throwing it back to the other person. Whatever they say about you, don't even l- look like it bothers you and just keep g- throwing it back to the other person. No, I don't think it's about what you said at all. Oh, let's see. There you go. That's the beauty of the show. Yeah. Like, you know, but I mean, like, I know some people who, like, say are, um, like, for lack of a better word, fat, and they're in denial about, well, they're not going to do any fat jokes against me. So they're unprepared for, like, they didn't write any rebuttals for, well, Joe's fat, blah, 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 and then they're, like, kind of, uh, uh. Yeah, that can happen, too. I think that's being unprepared. I don't think that's not being, like, you got to be in the moment, too, when you're on stage and you're. Which I prefer to be. I love being you in have the moment. To be. But I mean, it's that's dangerous. Why, that's why you have a mic every week and you get to talk because you're in the moment. That danger is what makes it exciting, Earl. I know, but like... That's why sometimes like when someone's like, oh, I have this in case this person says this about me and this person says this about me. I'm like, just worry about what you're going to say about them. That's, I think, 90% of it and then 10% of it is what they say about you. Now, you're trying to be funnier than them no matter what. I'm oh, sure. absolutely. Yeah. If you're but, doing it right. You know that room wants blood. I know. They don't want like... And that's what makes it all so exciting. Thank God for them or uh, whatever. Thank the, whatever those people are that decide that this is worth watching at Tuesday nights at midnight. Now live. You, oh, live. It's, it's, it, if you're around the comedy store Tuesday nights, it's, it's a can't-miss show. It's just the best of what comedy should be it's it's great joke writing it's great rebuttals it's, it's celebrity judges i yeah. mean jeff ross is the ringleader so he's like you know you couldn't have picked a better uh person to uh, run a show although uh, other Brian moses oh and moses is like the best host the best and he, he probably has the toughest job by far I and mean, he's killing it he's murdering it too People it's, say we have the toughest job. He remembers everybody's name. He gets everybody up there. He respects everybody, keeps everybody in line. That man works that show. And it's his show, so it's beautiful that that exists. It's nice that like, he has that. Well, there's other shows coming, for, through the, for, from what I understand, through the grapevine. Other but, shows coming? I'll tell you off the air. But, okay. uh, I actually have a show that I want to tell you about. We have a... Uh, uh, we we're, we might be having a very special show at our at our house on Sunday, a uh, week from Sunday, a week from today. Well, this podcast will be out tomorrow. Mo- it'll be on Monday, right? Yes. So this coming Sunday, there's a big potential we're having an open mic at our house, and uh, if we have that open mic, look out for it. Everybody who's listening, also Earl, I'd like you to. Uh, we we talked about it. I would be humble and honored if you would. Thank you. Thank because you. to show you how much I respect you as a comic. Thank you. It's during the day, so you. I'll, I'll try and get up. <laughs> yeah, you got to be there before two forty-five. That's all. Uh, you sure are, you just try to get up. You are one of the few people I would roast. Perfect. I'm sure we'll do it eventually. We will. It'll be you know like I you know I see, I was in a room full of roasters and we're going to talk about your comedy album. That's really uh, live in Bakersfield, recently released. Yeah. I don't plug many things on my facebook page or twitter i'm very selfish well you did i'm 47 years old uh <laughs> auditioning for old faces of montreal <laughs> what I a mean, category the clock is ticking it's by now yeah that has to be a category it's got to that'll that's got to be a category by now i mean it's gotten so bad for me now that i email robbie pra who's uh, he runs just for laughs he's he's the guy uh i I used to email him every year, hey, can I audition for new faces? And now it's like, hey, can I just host the auditions? <laughs> I just, can I just get in front of you? Can I just host? <laughs> so, uh, you know. I that, bet a bunch of comics right now are looking up that name. I know. Sorry, Robbie. Uh, it's John Jackson, actually, who runs the <laughs> Just for Laughs. Don't tell Robbie I sent you. I'm yeah. behind the eight ball enough in Montreal. Tell him I did, so that way at least he'll know my name. Yeah, that's 
Omid Singh, O M I D S I N G H. <laughs> Tell him uh, he recommended that contact you about new faces <laughs> every day right. for the next and say <laughs> ten uh, years. Hey, I'd really like Earl Skakel to host the audition. <laughs> so at least everybody gets a little bit of piece of action. Listen, I mean, I got to Montreal through roast battle. It, it's not really That's the path cool. I wanted to take to Montreal, but any path. I think the storyline of it is beautiful. It's fun just to go for it for anything and to say that you went for a, a show that, I mean, is so near and dear in the hearts of a lot of people right now in L.A. It's pretty exciting. It really, it was amazing, although uh, it's funny the Green Bay Packers were on and uh, the, our last night there, the fifth night. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I was told to go after him. Yeah. And I went too early. I, I got so excited to get out these lines. I should have waited. Yeah. Because he was sitting right by our table, and he just turned around when I said what I said. He just looked at me like, dude, I'm making $12 million this year. I got Olivia Mum right next to me. Mm-hmm. You're not even getting paid for this show. <laughs> uh, suck it. <laughs> so, uh, wow, Aaron Rodgers is filthy, man. I want to know what he said I, on the field. I, you know, I just said Moses looked like one of those receivers Aaron Rodgers always oh. overthrows. Oh, it's got to hurt. Just fell flat. Its line didn't work. He looked at me like, "What?" It's because you're in Canada. If you were in anywhere else, well, I made a few decisions that week that didn't quite. Uh, the jersey, right? The jersey thing was a complete disaster. Complete disaster. I thought, oh, I wear maple. No, for people who aren't hockey fans, you have to understand that hockey in Canada is unlike anything we have in America. Like. Football is very popular in America. Yeah, hockey in Canada is five times popular. Yeah. Uh, the twentieth guy on the, the Canadians, Maple Leafs, Canucks is a celebrity. Um, it's front page news. Um, so I thought oh, I'll wear a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. The crowd can't possibly think I'm actually a Maple Leafs fan. They hated me. They hated you. I mean hatred. Oh yeah, but that's and, good too, right? Not I, I. They hated me. Where like Whitney was wearing a Canadians jersey and she was killing with her lines. Uh, I had some pretty funny lines and they just they they didn't care. So it was a, it was an error in judgment. Whatever. So I mean I was so bad I was looking up plane tickets uh, the next day to get out of there. <laughs> and then Jason Reitman, uh, a friend of Roast Battle, great guy, awesome dude. Didn't know that he was the executive producer of Whiplash, one of my favorite movies. He's he's a, he's a comer, an yeah. up and comer. He's great. He's already there. He's not coming. Uh, sure he is. Well, trust me. I know how this business works. <laughs> Will you just stop coming one day? Not, not Jason Reitman. No. Or Ivan Reitman. I mean, the people that forget Ivan Reitman was like meatballs, stripes, uh, yeah. Animal House. I mean, just like so. And Jason, what did he do? Uh, not Fargo, but... Uh, Up in the air. Thank you for not smoking, I think. I don't know. Uh, Juno. Juno. I think that's his, like, uh, yeah. one of his many big things. So uh, he talked me down and said, dude, you got to stay. It won't be as bad. You know, you just... No, of course. One you know. bad night, yeah. But, you know, you know how it is. When you bomb, and I bombed. That's Do you the, always want to get back on stage immediately, or you want time off? I want to get back on stage immediately. Yeah. Me too. You know, it's just... Uh, Most of the time. Because I think about, I dwell, I have uh, ADD, OCD. Yeah. Uh, when Do you I, think about multiple uh, decisions on over like one topic? Does your brain think of like a bunch of different scenarios? Yeah, like with that night at Ro- that the first night of uh, Roast Masters Invitational. I don't know if there's uh, legalities to saying roast battle, <laughs> especially with uh, upcoming shows uh, that might cause problems for everybody. Oh, really? Uh, well, there's, oh, off the air, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's some things going down uh, that don't involve our version of the show. Let's just put it that way. Interesting. Yes. Oh. So, uh, thank you very much, MTV. We'll we'll see you. No. We'll uh. We'll, no. Well, instead of hijacking shows, why don't you play some fucking music videos? Uh, wow! But I'll tell you off air. You know, I don't want to turn this into Kurt a loader. <laughs> I know I'm. Uh, I'm the Matt Drudge for you, uh, political junkies. Wow! And, and Matt Drudge is actually where I got a lot of my. Uh, um, he used to have a radio show. You know who he is? No, I actually don't. Uh, he's got that website, the Drudge Report, which is like the number one uh, political. Uh, uh, he was the one who broke the. Clinton Lewinsky uh, dress the semen and uh, wow, what a story! 
Oh, crazy story. He's a political commentator, but he used to have a show on Sunday nights, and uh, it was very tongue-in-cheek, and, you know, like, he's gay, but, like, nobody knew, and, and so he's very... You could tell in his comments, like, he threw in these, like, gay zingers, and, like, no one would pick <laughs> up on it. And, gay zingers is a great... Yeah, it's a new, name league. of a new uh, punk band. <laughs> gay zingers. Gay zingers. Uh, so, uh, you know, he he was one of my biggest influences, because I wanted to do, like, smart humor but smart stupid humor yeah so uh, and he did it in the form of a he had a radio show and he would basically do news stories and he would you know just make fun of people and he would have earl you got to be a daily show correspondent uh i have no industry contacts you can find somebody dude i'm just trying to do anything i mean my last credit on imdb's bench warmers that's fine it's about no, time it's 2006 dude I've milked it for as much as I can milk it. Trust me, I've milked that credit like a cow with 12 nipples. Why do you, why do you think you're not in anything else? Um you know, I I, I mean, I, well, I want to talk about you, but okay, like okay. I I would say uh I'm like uh I'm like the band Motorhead. Like yeah. everyone loves Classic, me. Classic, yeah. But we all know the hits. Well, they have one hit, Ace of Spades. It's a huge hit though. It counts for at least two. But like you know, I'm I, like, uh, you know, like everyone loves me, but it's like it, it doesn't. I'm a comics comic, which is like to me almost one of the worst things you can be. <laughs> it, That's hilarious. But I mean, like, don't you think that like you respect? Know, like, you don't like the respect. I love the respect. Yeah. I love walking into that. Even roast battle people who don't think I'm funny, and I'm sure there are. Yeah. Uh, there has to be. Or, or happy. Oh, yeah. I'm knowing it, you can't win 100% of the crowd. It, you know, you just can't. As great as you are, I'm sure I mean, someone I walks out of the show, I, I didn't get it. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it, doing the haters thing, you know, we save the show a lot. And we fail the show. So, I mean, Abs- uh, yeah, sometimes. Oh, no. I, I, I bomb up there, I would say, uh, 20% yeah. of the time. We're just, uh, you know, but even the shows we save. Yeah. Uh, like two shows ago, you had great lines. Keith had great lines. I peaked in the beginning part. I'm sure people walked out of that show going, eh, I don't get that table. Yeah, totally. So, Easily. Easily. I mean, I once took a friend. Now, you're going to this place in an hour, the Hermosa Magic Club, yeah. uh, to see George Carlin. And this is when he was, you know, he, I had a feeling he wasn't going to be around much longer. So I told this guy, dude, you got to see. He's like, to me, the greatest living comic ever uh, at that time. Uh and he walked out five minutes into a set. I'm wow. like, dude, what are you doing? You, that's like, you're, you're like walking out on Led Zeppelin right now. He's like, oh, I'm going to go get some pussy. It just didn't do it for him. Yeah, it happens. Which is crazy to me. I have the same George Carlin story. As I went to go visit my girlfriend that I was dating at Cal Poly Slow. And uh, George Carlin was performing on campus. $10 tickets for students. And I was like, we got to go see him. She's like, nah, I don't, I don't want to go. He died three months later. Yeah, it's like it's terrible. It's I mean, how do you like deal with like when you I mean you don't bomb, but like when you don't have a show like that maybe didn't go the way you planned. Do you obsess about it? You get I mean a little bit, yeah, definitely that night, and then in the morning, you know, you kind of forget about it. Write, write a bunch, keep writing, keep writing, even if it's all garbage. Just keep writing in that book just to see if there's even a little nugget of something good that could have come out of that moment that was terrible. And then uh, go back out as much as possible. Sometimes I've taken like a week off. Sometimes. Sometimes like I've been like, I just don't need to do stand up for the next three days. Just don't need to. Now, do you find when you do a roast battle, because a lot of people say when I do roast battle, my stand up writing suffers because it's like you obsess on do you find a a, like a 50 50 mix of oh i love it i think that's why i do it it's just because it improves your writing because you have one chance one opportunity to quote eminem and you have you know one night to do these jokes and you have about a month to write them so it's fun oh my god it's not like anyone's asking for my hour right now anyway so it's like but they are now oh they are now exactly three people i've sold i've sold no i've sold four copies now actually and I'm on iTunes now as well. So if you've all been waiting to listen to the album on iTunes, it's on there. What, what what's it, is it? Uh, what's the name of the album? It's called Live in Bakersfield. Why did you pick Bakersfield? 
I actually didn't pick Bakersfield. I literally was just doing a random show there, and I happened to bring my Zoom H4N audio recorder, and I plugged it in the back, and I just pressed record. And I usually never do that. I'm so... I always feel like that weird, like, if I'm going to record it, the set's going to be bad. Like that weird... Um, taboo it's like saying that like a pitcher's going like with a no hitter right <laughs> but the minute you plan to like remember it it's going to be shitty and this one time i just pressed play recorded it had a good set didn't think about it it was just on my zoom i went to edinburgh i came back and then i went and it was like listening through the tracks that were on the zoom and this show was there and i couldn't at first remember what the show was so i listened to the whole thing and as I was listening to it, I was like, oh, I'm really happy with this. I like the mix of like crowd work and material. And I like the way I delivered the material. And the audience is just hot. They're good. They laugh at everything. They were a really like supportive crowd. And I thought, oh, okay. I think this is it. I think this is my album. I think this is like, I'd be very happy to release this as a first time out type of thing. Because I actually recorded my first comedy album after doing stand up twice uh, back in high school. I had done stand-up two times, and then I was like, hey, I'm going to invite 60 people to my house because my mom had a yoga studio in her house. And I was like, we're going to just put a bunch of like chairs in. I'm going to do an hour. So that was going to be my first actual album, but it never got released because uh, legal. I'm kidding. Uh, just because I actually never got a copy of it from the guy who recorded it. So he but, might still have a copy of it. So that's out there. like It's not out there out there, but somebody might have a copy of it. And like bootleg form. Yeah, like on a on like a mini DV camera. We recorded video because oh. it was it was gonna be that good. Well, you're no fucking joke. No, no. When you do stand up twice and you decide you're gonna do an hour in your no. mom's yoga studio, you you record the video. I don't know where it is though. Well, look for that, all you tech heads out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, send it to me. BitTorrent, uh, Omid, Omid. Or if you can find a girl named Ashley that I went to a kindergarten with. That would be that would be nice as well. Yeah, she probably taped over it. <laughs> yeah, probably she, a real cunt. She's probably gone. I don't know what gone means, but she's probably still around. Who knows what gone means? I and, know. You know. I mean, I would say. I mean, I started comedy in two thousand. Eighty-five percent of the people I started with quit. Eighty. Eighty-five percent. That's huge. I wouldn't. I'm glad you told me that. That's, I mean, that's an interesting statistic. Did you have a core group of like like ten, twelve of you that? started together now i do now i get not like a core group but i have a i get the people that i see a lot and i love them they're great people so that's a lot of fun and then there just seems to be a lot of people that like doing stand-up there seems to be just a huge amount of people that enjoy doing comedy well i don't know if they're all doing comedy i think they're all doing i mean i don't know what they're doing they're on stage behind a microphone they're on stage behind a microphone under the umbrella of comedy right it's possible it's possible yeah it's not 100 percent, but most of them i mean i think sometimes i'd say most of us i shouldn't say most of them most of us i think i'm guilty of it too well i mean i think sometimes when i see these mass shootings at a school or a church i'm like why couldn't that happen at an open mic oh it it would be terrible if it actually did though well yeah. nobody would care like the you gotta thin the hurt it's true that would be great it'd be like oh fuck we lost joe jim and don but Hey, that's three more spots. I used to tell a joke about how the guy who got shot at the in in Aurora, remember for the Dark Knight? Oh yeah. A comedian got shot. Oh right. And so I was telling this joke like, I know this guy got shot, but you know he's gonna be on everybody's top ten comics to watch next year. Yeah. All I'm saying is he caught a lucky break, and it would never worked. The joke like fell flat every time. But it was a, I mean, there's nothing ever happened to that guy. I hope he's still doing something i hope he's alive god i hope he didn't die no no i think he had lost an eye or something he had some weird like uh oh that's why he can't be famous yes yeah i mean all right i mean listen <laughs> that there's that female comic who lost her arm and uh i always thought she could get a gig in uh a deaf leopard tribute band <laughs> <laughs> full circle uh, what do you do though like when you have a joke like you just mentioned that you really think it's funny and it never works. Do it a bunch. That's what I do. Do it a bunch. Do it a bunch because I know I'm not going to do it forever. I'll do it as many times as it makes me happy just to see if I can get three people in the audience to laugh. If there's three people in the audience. Well, just that's about the crowds I draw. Exactly. I mean, I have a joke about Godzilla and baby Godzilla <laughs> that I have done for 
three years. It's never worked once. But I'm in love with the joke. Do you want to do it? Well, no, it's not that. But basically, it, I, as a kid, my favorite movie to watch was Son of Godzilla. Because at the end, I cry. I cry to this day. If that were to come on right now on the TV in front of us, I would start crying. Because, long story short, he, he, Godzilla's a single dad. <laughs> and he's teaching this kid how to, like, fucking live life. And he, like... There's this great scene where he's trying to teach him to blow fire, and the kid can't do it. He blows out like these little smoke rings, and then finally Godzilla whacks him over the head with his tail, and he blows out the fire. <laughs> and then at the end, Godzilla takes on like three monsters at the same time, and they show him holding baby Godzilla's hand, and they walk off into the <laughs> snow. And it's like, it, I'm telling you, dude, it's the most heartbreaking. And I just thought that how big mrs godzilla's pussy must be <laughs> like baby godzilla came out and godzilla was you know hitting it hard yeah and it's never gonna laugh <laughs> ever like not once <laughs> but i'm so attached to that yeah, movie i get it do you have a joke like that where it's just like you want the crowd to like it so much uh there's a malaysia airlines joke that goes like uh, something if the, if the if there's nobody in the audience that go like oh all the people that were supposed to be here they couldn't make it because they all had tickets on Malaysia Airlines flight 370 <laughs> that's a big one and that sometimes gets a laugh and the uh, I don't even remember I just don't even do it anymore but like that was a fun one for a little bit. Well, see, you stopped doing that one. That's the difference yeah, between I, you and I. I because don't. one time, you know, want, you want to know what happened? I was in Edinburgh doing the doing a show, just doing a twenty minute spot after doing a what I thought was a really fun show. Did like a fun, like yeah, I I, I went over some sort of like hump. I did something good, and then I go and do this twenty minute spot, and I opened with that Malaysia Airlines joke, and a lady from the audience just screamed out, "Get out!" That's all she said. Was oh no, get off, get off. That's all she said. And I was like, oh, shit. And what do you do? I had to keep going. I had to keep going. That was, in, that was in minute one. And I had to do 19 more minutes. And I slowly won back half the crowd. And by the end of it, I asked somebody in the audience. I was like, did you have a good time? She's like, no, you turned me off from minute one. Really? Like I, you were not funny at all. She said that to me a bunch of times. And I was asking for it, too. And then somebody else from the audience was, like, defending me. They're like, we've seen him before. He's funny. And it's like, oh, this is. It was, it was awkward. But I was happy that I got through it. But yeah, I mean, the first lady saying get off as soon as I had finished the joke made it really uncomfortable. Was she of like Malaysian descent or? No, no, she was British. She was British. Do you think now we're going to get into Edinburgh like you went there, got your own gigs. Yeah. I I was very impressed by, I would have been too discouraged because no one's going to know who I am. I needed my dad, man. That's seriously the guy who pushed me to do it. My dad. I was, same thing in April. I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm getting nervous. There's no point. And he was just like, just go do it. Just go do it. And I was like, fine. Yeah, that's right. And then I went and did it. And it would explain, because I don't even know how to explain what it is. It's a festival. It's a theater boot camp. You think it, they call it a festival. It's really a theater boot camp. You're practicing your body and your mind of just going up as many times as possible in 24 days. So you just go up as many times as humanly possible between the hours of literally when you wake up to when you go to sleep there's shows every day there's 2700 shows every day in different venues and that's just in the like official edinburgh festival then there's the edinburgh free fringe festival which is like simultaneously running and you can get spots there you can get anywhere people are doing like 10 sets a night i was doing like four to five. Oh, that's heaven it is it's complete heaven and because there's audience members there there's city hosts the city has a million people and then for the festival, another million people show up. So, you know, a lot of the shows, I mean, you're not getting, I didn't get more than, I think one show I had, like my own personal one-man show, I had 55 people in it, in a 65-person room. That was and the most. Do they come, like on that show? How do they come to that because show? Because they know who you are? I've, or? I've either been passing out flyers, they've seen me do a shorter set. Uh, there, was a sh there was a great improv show that I was doing out there that got me a lot of people. That was like a midnight show. So people would come the next day after seeing me on that midnight show. That was like my biggest draw. So they'd see me once on a free show at the Edinburgh Free Fringe. 
and then they would come to see the one man show. And it was so much fun. I mean, it's just such a blast from, from the minute you get there, especially as an American, they treat you great. Not the audience members, but the industry and, and like the people that are working the festival, they seem to be kind of like fascinated with Americans, which is really fun. We are an interesting bunch. We're an interesting bunch and we have an interesting style of comedy. So it's fun. And it's, it's a, it's a good place to be. All the comedians are, you know, they're working, they're trying their best. They want to have good shows. Is there a camaraderie, like when you see people over there, you know, from L.A. and like... A little bit. I met like Bronson Jones out there, and then I met uh, David Yeary. And I and some of them were just people that I met in like London, like a couple of days before actually going out to the festival and then going out to the festival and like meeting them there. But really, there's, there's a, not a lot of time to like, you know, hang out. It kind of feels like an abridged version of high school. Right. If I could, if it's easy to explain like that like you only have an x amount of days to really do your best so like i didn't i didn't smoke any weed i just you know worked hard and tried to like be my best at all times i can imagine there was no shortage of weed over there no not at all i mean you could get drugs very easily and and drink and all that kind of stuff and on the last day we partied and took like molly but like that was just like the last night now, do you pay, what impresses me, not just setting up your own shows and getting people into your own shows on your own, you have to pay your own way, right? Hell yeah. You got to pay for the venue. You got to pay 14, I mean, somewhere between 1000 and, you know, $3,000 for your venue. And then you're making that money back through tickets. So I took my money that I made from the college circuit the year before, and I invested that into Edinburgh. And then I, it ended up being like a trip that cost me about two grand. Which was like a vacation for a month. And do you get like industry stuff out of it? Like, hey, come back? No, or? nothing. I mean, not yet. Everyone always promises stuff and like, oh, we're going to get you to come back and do the... One guy was like, I'm, you're going to do like the whole circuit. We have a circuit. You can come do all our clubs. Man, I'm, you know, you never hear anything back. Oh, yeah. But the, the you know, I got to meet Kyle Kinane and, and Ari Shafir and those two guys. Just that whole trip made it fun and worth it. Like getting to do Ari's This Is Not Happening was so much fun that show over there was an amazing time and then kyle canane was on a midnight show with us in like a cave so like it's little experiences that are fun is it hard to come back to la and then be at echoes under sunset not really i mean the fun part was the day i got back was a tuesday so i literally came to the roast battle so it kind of felt like it never left right you kind of like i landed i think i went home took a shower and then came straight to the club and it was so much fun just to be home and it's just a different vibe i mean that party atmosphere in edinburgh it's not life right it's a boot camp like you're literally in basic training and i think you probably get better as a first year person you probably get a lot better at it every year you go and you learn how to like save money better and how to make money better too which is very, very important. There is money to be made there, and it just takes effort and knowledge. Now, speaking of money to be made, uh, how are you going about... Because a lot of comics release CDs and from their live shows, and some do well, some don't. Did you have a strategy in place, like, okay, it's recorded, iTunes, SoundCloud? Yeah, there's a company called CD Baby that my roommate told me about. So, like, after I, I, I sent... He's an audio engineer, and I sent the clip to him. And then I was like, hey, can you help me clean this up, make it sound any better? And he found somebody on the internet who, like, edited the whole thing and, like, improved all the levels. Then we broke up the tracks into 19 tracks, gave them all titles. And then, you know, you just post it on CD Baby and Bandcamp, and it's just out there. So it's just out there if anybody wants to listen to it. That's you the know, beauty. Buy it. Don't listen to it. Buy it, listen to it, do whatever you want with it. So now it's on iTunes. It's on iTunes for nine ninety nine or Bandcamp for four ninety nine. And they just look up Omid Singh. Yep, just That's Omid Singh live at Bakersfield. O M I D S I N G H. Uh, and now, uh, what's coming up in the future for you? Just comedy shows. Yeah, this month is pretty good. This month is fun stuff. Doing a Laugh Factory benefit show on tuesday what's the benefit show for it's for persians with oh gosh this is bad i should know this i don't know something with persians. persians persian people have some problem and we're helping them out on tuesday at the laugh factory who's on the show master brani amir k 
Kira Soltanovic, I believe. Uh, Soltanovic. Soltanovic. Maximini. No, Maximini's not on the show. Uh, Owen Smith. Those are the names that I can remember. That's good. Right That's a great lineup. Yeah, very excited about that. I like the uh, show the Laugh Factory just had for the homeless with uh, Tom Arnold headlining. It's like their lives are bad enough already. <laughs> now you gotta listen to Tom Arnold. Really want to see Tom Arnold eat it for an hour. <laughs> I haven't seen Tom Arnold in a long time. He's a nice guy. But I, mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I met Roseanne once. She wouldn't shake my hand. Why? She's like, oh, I'm a germ freak. I'm like, you're going to let Tom Arnold eat your pussy. <laughs> but, but you don't want to, like, touch my hand. That's hilarious. So, uh, now any uh, future roast battle uh, no, contestants? nothing yet. So your schedule is open. Schedule is open. Besides the, the roast battle tournament? Yeah, they're doing, uh, I think, from what I understand, uh, 16, uh, the top 16, 1 through 16 uh, of the current rankings. That should be fun. And then the, I think the finals, I don't know if it's the final or the final four uh, is at LA Riot Fest. Cool. So who knows? We may be roasting sooner than That'd you think. That'd be fun. Are you in the top 16? I'm 14. Oh, wow. So I didn't know that, Earl. Well, I mean, my I have a strange. Uh, I don't know how they rank me that high. I mean, I have done three battles. Uh, there's a little bit of controversy with the first <laughs> one, which was Boon Shakalaka. <laughs> no, dude, that's hard. There's no controversy there. Well, I mean, I beat him, and I'm not bragging, but he's not. And for those of you not how listening, how do you prepare against Boon? He says the same line over and over. Who does your hair? Who does your hair? And I'm like, well, then I just started going to AIDS jokes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but this was in the early days where it was kind of a wild west, uh, you know. Uh, when you were a judge. Yeah, I mean, I at one point was like a weekly judge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, you were I, you were the evil character. You were you were the. Um, I'm trying to think of like what's the good analogy, but like you were the the M Bison. Yeah, I mean, I was like the evil Statler and Waldorf. Uh, yeah. And then uh, you were evil. I really, at one point, was like, "Damn, Earl is super mean." But the beauty of you, to be honest, Earl, every time I got off stage, after any roast battle, you'd turn off character. You'd be like, "Dude, that was so nice of you. I mean, great job, whatever." But it's true. It's like. Uh, but I, that's what keeps it. That's what keeps it fun. What's well, so it's such a respect for anyone, win or lose. And I have a weird sense of admiration for the people who are the worst roasters. Yeah. Because they, they must know deep down they're bad roasters, and they still do it. Yeah, sure. Like, I have a... Give it a shot. I've always thought that about, like, bad comics. Like, I almost respect them more than... Like, you're a great comic. Obviously, I respect you, but you know you're good, so you have that confidence to get on stage. Sometimes. Yeah, but even on shows that might not... Sure. You might not do well, you still are up there... But a bad comic must know they're bad, and they're like, "Fuck it, I'm still gonna go out." <laughs> I I appreciate that. Interesting. So, I don't think I do, not anymore. You know, it's a weird. I'm a weird guy with what yeah. I. Uh, it's not like most of my favorite movies involve horrific acting, and I I respect bad actors mm-hmm. like Van Damme. He must know he's a hor- horrific actor, <laughs> but he still does it. <laughs> I respect that. That's good. Not really. I mean, I should really respect De Niro. <laughs> yeah. You know, but everybody like, respects De Niro. He doesn't need any more respect. Van Damme needs respect. But like the, the Expendables, that that's just like... You respect the Expendables movie? I, Absolutely. Oh, I mean, it's a huge blockbuster film, too. So but it, you're not you're, wrong. You're probably getting the 10 worst actors on the planet together. Giving them guns. In one movie. Yeah. And somehow it's like huge. a good movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, but, but, you know, with, with roast battle, it, it's, it's a lot of, it's balls to get up there. Community balls. W- I mean, <laughs> whether it's an undercard or main event, I mean, just the pressure in that room is ungodly. Yeah. It's crazy. So. It's uh, crazy how much fun it is. It really is. It's like. And it, how perfect timing it was somehow in like the storyline of at least my LA comedy career. It's, I mean. It's just amazing timing. I do think you're right that it's L.A. needed it. Yeah. Like LA, I don't know what I would do this year without this. Yeah, I mean, it really gives you something to look forward to every Tuesday. Um, the consistency is amazing. And it's like I've been doing comedy uh, basically this is the end of my 15th year. I've seen a lot of hot shows come and go. 
you know, comedy venues come and go. I mean, I remember when Sal's Comedy Hall on La Brea was like, people were like, this this club's amazing. It's like old school New York, and then it was gone. Yeah. And then he was, the one on Melrose never really quite captured the scene. And uh, I've seen a lot of hot shows uh, come and go, and uh, Roast Battles seems to be getting stronger. Yeah. Like last week, it was they're having Huge. open up the uh, the stairwells again. I mean, you literally can't. You know, I thought there was a small point in time where I thought, okay, the show's kind of fading. It's yeah, crowds aren't that near. nervousness moment. I didn't see it though at that point. Everybody was kind of like, oh, this might be the end of it. I was like, no, this isn't. This but, can't be going anywhere. People are into it. Oh well, I think they're getting new roasters, and I think it's key to. It's very important. Uh, because it's like the best roasters have done a, a, a semi fair amount, like the Alex Hooper, you know, Joe, uh, Joe, you, Keith, Keith uh, Olivia's now done like uh, I think five. Yeah. So the jokes on you guys are are, are not old, but it's like you got to bring it. You got to bring a fresh new thing to it. Yeah, it's yeah. like if you're fat. People are, oh, that, that, I think we're just digging away like a, we're scraping away at that surface and now we've we've done that first level and now it's getting a little bit deeper and a little bit meaner which should make for one stronger comedians out of us and just two a better show oh yeah I mean just in the the last three days of writing for Olivia I've written better stand-up jokes because yeah. you, you get in that zone Structure. of like and then oh this would be a funny joke for so and then yeah. God knows what I would do writing for you i can't wait to ask for a writing like if anyone ever asked for a writing packet from me i can't yeah. wait because i feel like i'm ready now to like write one yeah i mean you see what uh i mean i submitted i think for uh the cordon show the daily show and uh, i didn't get any of them but it was fun to like practice finally feel confident enough to go oh i can i know that's all i want i just want a writing job just writing late night jokes right now would be amazing you know, it's tough because I want to be not, not the star, but like, I don't necessarily know if I want to write for someone else. Like, no, you have a distinct voice, though. And I think you can be. I mean, when I, I've seen you fill in for uh, Tom Green on his show. That show's interesting. Yeah, maybe you do it. I mean, I don't know if his fans are like fans of my style of humor, but, uh, you know, Tom's I'm sure they are. Quirky, though, but I'm more, a little more like. Uh, I try and be uh, like maybe Norm Macdonald meets Stephen Wright. Nice. Whereas Tom, I think, is more uh, like Robin Williams meets uh, I don't know comics of that Bill nature. Bill Maher. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean Bill Maher. Why is that guy so angry, dude? It's like, <laughs> he has to be. It's like, dude, you were in DC Cab. Come on. What's that? This is just this wild cult movie uh, with Gary Busey in like 1982. I'm sure Bill Maher looks, you know, like I've heard Tom Cruise, if he's in an interview and you bring up losing it, he, he'll he walk out of the interview. I don't even know what that is. It's his first movie. Losing it? Yeah. It's it's really funny. Uh, it's about four kids who go down to Tijuana to lose their virginity. Wow. And it's just a, st- a stupid, like, teen sex, C-level movie, but it's fun to watch because uh, not only is Tom Cruise in it, but Jackie Earl Haley who's like this great actor nice. and, and to, to see them like in like some teenage, like Johnny Depp's first movie is this movie with Dice Clay called private resort <laughs> where he just works at this resort, just getting pussy. And it's like, this guy basically became the best actor of our generation. And it's just it's funny to, so, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, Hey, pe- that could be you and bench warmers. It's never too late. It is. no, I don't think so at all. Well, I mean, I, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know about that. I mean, for someone who's been in the business as long as I've been, I, I, I can't figure it out. You see people get stuff to, who shouldn't. You see people who should get stuff don't. Yeah. It's, uh, that's like. Uh, but it's it always makes sense when someone else is backing you. You know what I'm saying? When If someone is representing somebody else, it feels good. And I think that adds to it. Like when I say like, you should be something, I think means something more than I think I should be something. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, uh, you know, I'm happy when my friends get stuff. Uh, yeah, why not? You know, like when uh, Whitney was at the haters table with me, uh, 
she uh, basically got signed to a management, a big management company through that. And like she deserved, it wasn't just that because then they saw, who's this girl doing this crazy character? And then they saw her YouTube videos and it was like, yeah. So I, I love it when stuff like that happens. I, I would love it if you got something from not necessarily the haters table, but like. Roast battle in general. Yeah, yeah which I think uh, people who are involved in it with, it as much as we are are starting to get outside stuff from it yeah you know like the i got a cartoon series from it that's amazing with tyler right yeah which is like you know tyler the creator cartoon yeah i mean i didn't know who he was i just started shitting on him because i thought it was just some skinny black kid sitting in the the negro wave section so i'm like i'll just start making fun of this guy worked perfectly and uh yeah i felt so bad about the things i was saying to him I walked up to him after the show and I'm like, hey man, I'm really sorry. It's, you know, it's just a character and uh, I, I don't know if I can say this. I'm going to say it. it. It's not the ER ending. So just listen to what I'm saying. It's not the ER ending. But Tyler, the creator, looked at me and goes, my nigga, you my nigga. And I'm like, hey, can I call you that? He's like, no. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm sure, have you gotten any like, like comedy gigs from roast battle or i mean you I don't think so uh no but you've gotten a lot of love a lot of love tons of love it's amazing how like even hearing like the last time the battle versus stewart before i got called up on stage somebody just wooed for me like they knew that i was about to come on stage and they they're like woo and i was like oh that pumped me up just that much more because usually, like in any scenario, nobody knows who the next comedian is if it's, you know, me. It doesn't. Right. They don't know me. They've never heard of me. But just to get that one initial, like, but even before you walk out on stage, woo, it meant a lot. That felt really good. Now, like, now Stuart Thompson, great comic, Northern California comic. Yeah. Um, this would be my problem with, with uh, a roast. Like, you and I are friends. And me and Stuart are friends. But, like, you and I have a relationship where we could give each other shit. Easily, and, yeah. And, uh, but Stuart is so nice. And, like, uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. Like, almost has, like, like that Ted Bundy vibe of just being a normal dude. How do you go about writing for someone who's, like, on the surface anyway, just the normal dude? I think I have fun with it is the best answer. You know, there's no real answer behind it, but it's, like, as long as I'm having fun while I'm writing them, right. either by myself or with mostly Robbie, like it's fun. As long as it's fun, it doesn't matter. And now, is it easier to write, like when you're in the roast battle realm? Like, say you're battling Alex Hooper, who's like a yeah. this wild character who, you know, great delivery and super funny guy and interesting look. Yeah. Uh, Versus you, try, like, you have to try not to get distracted by that, though. I think there's like two jokes you can make about that, and the rest of it you got to again do your homework, right, and right. research, and all that kind of stuff. How do you go about writing uh, for your own personal stand-up? I just keep writing. I like to keep buying notebooks and keep filling them up, even right. if there's nothing in it that's important. Just the repetition of it, of paper to pen, right, uh, has worked for me. Yeah, I mean, I like I try and write. Like the group, my favorite group, Kiss, you know. You're trying to get Gene Simmons, right? I'm trying. I'm having anyone who listens to this podcast in a respectful manner, which sometimes my fans aren't exactly, uh, <laughs> uh, their senses aren't really skewed toward respectful manner. Just, you know, uh, you know, tweet at Gene Simmons. I would like to see you on inappropriate at all because i just think that he can't man, be i mean we can get him on there's no way he's he i think he would he can't dodge you for this much longer i have a weird i met him once i got punked recently and i won't bore the audience or you with the full story but basically whitney said hey can you cover for me at this stand-up show i'm like sure no problem it was a very bizarre set of circumstances just park here the the, the host will come get you uh, i'm like uh-huh. well it's the show in the building uh, well the host will come get you and then the host gets me. They wouldn't let me in the room. I could tell there was hundreds of people in the room just through the audience reactions I was hearing. And then they called me and I run up to the stage and it's an empty chair and then Gene Simmons. Wow. So I had to inter- I got to interview Gene Simmons. So you already have done this. 
Well, yeah, but it was for ten minutes, and, and I was—I did not know this was happening, so I was just kind of like—I was like—I've never been stuck. Who for, set that up? Skylar Stone and Ryan Bromes and Whitney Rice. It was like a—and Skylar used to work on punk. Yeah. Uh, so he was very familiar with how to set up a good punking. I wouldn't yeah. say it was punking because it was like uh, a dream come true. Like getting like. to meet like not my idol, but like uh, Michael Jordan. Who cares? Yeah, Anybody. I guess my idol, for lack yeah. of a better word. And he couldn't have been any nicer. Uh, and uh, he invited me with his family to dinner, and I'm like, Gene, I got to do this show called Roast Paddle. Like, no way. I gotta. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, but uh, you know, I'd love to have you on my podcast. <laughs> and he didn't say no, but I just his history is like, you know, just so fascinating to me. And yeah. He's done it all: music, acting, TV uh, show, TV. Yeah, I mean, he's like. You know, like you're a great interview because uh, we're friends. We have a lot to talk about. We're like foot soldiers in the same business. Yeah. You know, some people I interview, it's like it's like after ten minutes, it's like, uh, what do I talk about? Yeah. You know, so uh, someone like him, I just I, I would just hit record and go. Well, that's what I do with every podcast. <laughs> As you can tell, I don't really have prepared questions. Which is better, I think. I mean. When you listen to podcasts, I mean, I I'm I tune out after about an hour. Yeah, because I have a short attention span. An hour is good time. Um, so I I try and like I think we're at about an hour now, and but my goal is for people to listen to this and go, I want to hear more from him. Yeah. So you come back and we get into not just roast battle or stand up, just you know life. So next um, time. But I know you're uh, you got a show tonight at Hermosa. Oh yeah yeah. And uh, you got to get going, but uh, this will be released tomorrow. So you got a possible party at your house next Sunday, but next any, Sunday, yeah. You'll be at roast battle this Tuesday. Yeah, roast battle this Tuesday, just hanging out. Hating? No, 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 no hating this week. Okay, just you, hanging out. And could, then uh, uh, Sunday, though, fun open mic, hopefully in Silver Lake between the hours of one and three. Then uh, you will be uh, if you want. To, well, I guess you don't want people coming to your house. That, no, we do. Okay, well... So I'll I, post on Facebook by Tuesday if it's happening. I will post the details on my Facebook wall. Uh, and uh, once again, I know I have a lot of uh, local L.A. fans. Uh, please be respectful of going to someone's home. Omid's uh, gracious enough to... It's going to be fun. It's not a crazy show. It's going to be like, we're going to be serving you breakfast and having like brunch and stuff like that. Yeah, so just, you know, have some class. It's not going to a KISS convention in Burbank. And then uh, (laughs) any, like, improv shows, Monster Brownie shows coming up? Yeah, Monster Brownie on the 17th and 18th of October in Sacramento. Punchline? Punchline. First time doing there. That should be fun. And then if you're around uh, Tuesday at the Laugh Factory. Yeah. Um, Omid's part of a great benefit show for Persians. Yep. Don't need to be Persian to be there. You can just you can be anything you want. Just Owen Smith, yeah. uh, Amir K, Kira Sultanovic. I mean, if Amir K is going to be there, that's uh, well, he's another foot soldier in he's comedy. He's amazing. He's, he's uh, so funny. Yeah, he's a super nice guy. Uh, he's so nice. I don't even care if he's funny, and I know he <laughs> is. No, but I know he is funny. Interesting. That's so, a good way to put it. He's so nice. He's like. He's almost like that Gerard Carmichael. You can't be this nice, dude. Yeah. You got to have an angle. Yeah. Uh, and, and neither of them don't. So one more time, I know we've talked about it a few times. Uh, you can buy your CD live in Bakersfield on iTunes. iTunes or Bandcamp. And a CD Baby or no? A CD Baby as well. So please, I don't plug a lot of people's. Or you can listen to it for free on Spotify. I don't listen to it for free on Spotify. It's on there. If you listen to it for free on Spotify... You know, do whatever you can to like make it bigger. Share it, rate it, do whatever you can that way. But you I know, just want people to hear it. I don't even care. No, I know, but like you know, my fans are pretty loyal. Uh, I think I get uh, I don't know anywhere from five to ten thousand downloads on each episode, which Damn. I love. I appreciate it. I mean, Rogan gets like a hundred thousand, so I'm not bragging. But uh, you know, please share Omi's sure. comedy CD. Tweet at Gene Simmons. Don't be a dick about it. Just, you know, I'm just trying to make it before I'm 50. <laughs> Go on iTunes. Leave a review for Inappropriate Earl. Good or bad. I leave them all up. Uh, Earl Skakel. Where, where, where can people find you on Twitter? At Brownman3000. Brownman3000. Instagram? Omid Singh. Omid. That's O-M-I-D-S-I-N-G-H. This is one of the good guys. And 
uh, comedy and uh, just support him. Like you support him, it just creates a good karma for all of us. And he'll come back when he's a big star. And I could, you know, I mean, the highest downloaded episode of Inappropriate Earl ever is Rowdy Roddy Piper the day after he died. Uh, so I, I'd like to get some living guests, some traction here. <laughs> Rowdy would love that joke. R.I.P. The Pipes is the best. I love him. I miss him a lot. Uh, Earl Skakel, Twitter, Instagram. You know where I'm at. iTunes and SoundCloud. And uh, thanks for the support, guys. Follow Omid Singh. See him roast battle Tuesday nights. Comedy Story, 11 o'clock. Bye-bye.